So we're starting today with our series on identity in Christ. It's one of the core values of, of New Beginnings Church. When we launched this church, we sat down a few weeks ago. We finished a series called Hope Always. And that was our fourth, uh, our second uh, value when we created those core values for our church. This one's our fourth. Uh, but I thought it was really appropriate as we journey through Lent to say from the time to Ash Wednesday do we celebrate Easter, we think about who we are in Christ. In fact, Scripture over and over again in the New Testament says, in Christ. In Christ we are, Right? And that's what we want to look at and understand how do we live that out and what does God want to say to us and what it means in our lives. So we want to have this focus. And whenever I think about who we are in Jesus, I always think of this passage uh, that comes up in John, the Gospel of John, and it's when the John the Baptist is doing his ministry, and it says this, when people, uh, John's followers uh, are talking to him, and uh, they're hearing about the coming of Jesus in his ministry. And John says this about himself. He says, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. The more you, once you say yes to Jesus, you start to realize it's more than just a decision. It becomes who I am. My very, my very identity how I relate to life and why I live becomes grounded in who Jesus is. And John said, I came for a reason. And my reason is to point to him. So I become less and he becomes more. Every day we live our lives, isn't that a great image? Uh, if, if you do nothing else this Lent, pray that for 40 days. God, you become more and I become less. So that people see you and don't see me, right? And so this, uh, uh, this concept. So what we find out is our identity, who we are, really becomes rooted in Jesus, right? That's the thing we learn from this verse. And when we think about this series, I want us to think about that. We're identified by Jesus Christ, and you see that on your outline. So what does it mean for that to happen? What kind of characteristics? We'll cover one each and every week, but here's the one for this week. You learn to trust in Jesus. How do I become more identified with him? Well, as my life grows, I learn what? To trust more on God and less on me. When we first start out, we say, I can do anything. I'm the master of my own destiny. I have the course for my life. I will do this. I will do that. I will have this. I will have that. And you meet Jesus, and all of a sudden, he says, I have things for you to do. Would you live for something bigger than you? You see people around you? Could you serve them? All of a sudden, you go, wait a minute. I thought Jesus was most supposed to make me feel good. Yeah, he does. Because he lifted the weight of sin, shame, guilt, blame. But Jesus never came for my comfortability. He came for me to be called. And we're all called. Make no mistake about it. Every single one of us is called to the kingdom. And we're called to the work and the life and the ministry 
of what Jesus Christ stood for and what he represents. Listen to what Hebrews 3.14 says. For though we are faithful, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed. When you first realize that Jesus paid for your sin, that you can be blameless, you can be purified, you can be cleansed, you can have whatever you've carried your whole life lifted off of you. When you first believe in Jesus, he says, we can live life that way all the way to the end. And the way that happens is we continue to trust step by step by step by step. So you can't make the decisions about your career. Well, you consider options, but then you should what? Ask the Lord. Right? Everything in our life starts turning to say, how would God want to talk to me about this? What would God want me to do? Well, how would I live to honor Christ? How can I glorify God with who I am? And I do that by trusting him. So I want us to look at a different passage each and every week that then shows us how do we live this out? How do we live out being identified with Jesus Christ? And it's particularly today, how do we trust him? All right. And so we're going to go to Romans chapter six today. And it says, how do we live identified with Jesus Christ? Here's the first one. Not what you're expecting. How do we live identified with Jesus? We reject sin. We reject sin. What do I mean by that? Listen to what Romans 6 says. Writing to the believers there at the church in Rome. And he says, of course not. He says, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? He's saying, just because we've been forgiven by Jesus doesn't mean we keep on sinning, does it? And he says, of course not. All of a sudden, your life and your attitude begin to change when you're identified with Jesus. And guess what? Jesus lived on this world in a situation where he constantly rejected sin. See, I hear people say something like this. Well, no one could be perfect except Jesus, and he was perfect. You undervalue what he did here. Do you know how hard it is to live and push off sin? You should know. You live here. Jesus set aside his divine rights and privileges, took the form of humanity, lived here, and said no to sin. And was tempted all the days he lived here just like you and I. But chose not to. Live for his father's will instead. Now we don't know what that's like because we've all said yes to sin. On some level. But what's interesting is when we come to know Jesus and we're identified with him we start taking on his nature and his character and less of this sinful world, less of broken humanity, less of this fallen place. And so when we identify with Jesus as he rejected sin, guess what we start doing? We reject sin. Now when I say that, understand this, we don't reject other sin we identify with Jesus. And we identify with the fact that we want to live like him. And that we want to not have sin in our lives. That we personally don't want to have anything to do with it. 
Paul said later on, he said, you know, if you wanted to not be around sin, you'd have to leave this world and the people in it. I want you to live in the world, but not be of it. How do we do that? We identify with who Jesus is and we trust him for our life, our godliness, who we are and where we're going in life. All right. So that's the first thing it says. We, we don't have to live for sin. We can reject it. We live differently now. And we embrace others who are sinful, but we still push away sin. The more we live and the more we identify with Jesus, the less we have to do with sin. Determined to stay away from sin, but reach out to others who are feeling its effects. Okay? That's what Jesus did. Second thing, we die to self. We die to ourselves. Uh, listen to what it says here in Romans. Or, you have for, or have you forgotten when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. We died to self. Why? Because we were identified with Jesus, and when Jesus died, so did we. And when Jesus rose, so did we. We'll get to that in a minute. But this idea that we can die to who we are. In baptism, we're identified with Jesus Christ publicly. And so when water is placed upon you or you go under the water or water is poured over you or however you're baptized, it's a symbol of what? You go down to death and you're raised to life. Okay? So our lives get identified. And when Jesus died, when we celebrate communion today, when we think about the death, his body broken, his blood shed, it reminds us that he is identified with us and we are invited to be identified with him. We do that publicly. And we just did it with church membership and said we identify with Jesus publicly. It's when we identify and death of Jesus is applied to our lives and the benefit of his death brings life to us. In Christ, I die to me, and I live for the God who made me, right? All right, here's the third thing we learn about this concept of being identified with Christ. Romans 6, 4 says we live for Jesus. If we die to self, then we have life, but we have life differently. Uh, we live for Christ. For we died and were buried to Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now also we may live new lives. We're identified with Jesus not only in death, but also in life. New life, resurrected life is the life we now live in Christ Jesus. If we're in Christ, then everything Jesus got, we get. You seem very underwhelmed by that. I'm not. Like everything Jesus gets, we get. This is why, as we think about this journey through Lent, we start on Ash Wednesday remembering our mortality, but by the end, we're celebrating who we are alive in Jesus. And because he conquered the death and the grave, we now live. Right? I mean, I've talked about this before. You shift because here's the problem, you're living now, but it's biological life. In the Greek, it says bios life. But when you talk about Jesus' life, it's zoe life. 
And God life can't be killed. Jesus proved that. It conquered sin. It conquered the grave. It broke death. So you come alive from being someone who lives and breathes and exists and puts in your time and goes to work and does your life thing to someone who comes alive to God and now you live in Jesus Christ and nothing can ever take that life away. It's good news, right? It's hope. So we can be raised from the dead of sin and self and we're brought back to life. Uh, here's four. We're free from sin. And you're like, wait a minute. All right, calm down. It's not my words. These are Paul's words, right? Listen to what Paul has to say. And we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, it killed this idea of sin and, it, and its power. It doesn't hold its power over you. We know are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we're set free from the power of sin. So we are what? Free from sin. And you go, why is this still lurking around? Okay? Well, obviously, we already talked. You have to reject it and say no to it. But here's the other thing. It doesn't own you. Do you remember a time when that was true? Sin is not what primarily defines you anymore. See, before we're living life and we're saying, I'm just trying to muddle through. I'm just trying to earn a living. I'm just trying to have a good family. I'm just trying to get out of life. Jesus, when you come to know him and identify with him, he kills that. And says, you will never be known as a used to be. You will never be known as someone who was always marred by sin. You will not be the person who is defined by this anymore. When Christ died on the cross, sin lost its power over our lives, and we don't crave it anymore. We can no longer dictate our lives without us having any choice. Before we just wandered around in life and tried not to get into too much trouble. I love the word where he says, we're no longer slaves. I mean, think of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and finally, after 400 years, weren't slaves. What did God do? He took them to Mount Sinai and said, you got to relearn how to live. <laughs> Let me give you the Ten Commandments. Let me show you who I am. Let me reveal my heart. Let's build a community. Let's show you how to worship. And let's show you who you now are. When Jesus went to the cross, he said, this no longer defines you. You now operate in me. you got to learn how to live in me. After years of being in bondage and a slave, you're not a slave anymore. Thanks be to God, right? This is what he's talking about. So that we begin to live now differently. We're set free from the power of sin. We're not held captive by its desire. We're not defined by sin. And we certainly do not have to live in shame and blame and guilt. All right, here's number five. Uh, we're not afraid of death. It's a great message for this time of Lent when we consider our own mortality. When we're identified with Jesus, we're not afraid of death anymore. Listen to what Paul writes. And since we have died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. 
We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. You know, oftentimes as a pastor, people will say to me, you know, pastor, I'm still concerned about death. It's not just a mental activity. It's also you're identified with Jesus and your life in Jesus whispers, speaks to you through the spirit your whole life. Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus won the victory. Jesus conquered death in the grave. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you or forsake you. See, all of a sudden, this thing becomes alive because of who we are in Christ. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have assurance that what? And he will never die again. So death no longer has power over him. If death doesn't have power over Jesus, it doesn't have power over you because you're identified in Jesus. See, we often have viewed Jesus as I get something from Jesus. Could I, could I invite you to think of this differently? You don't get from Jesus. You climb into him. And live in him. We talk a lot sometimes in the Protestant church about how Jesus did things for us and then, then I got this. But when you talk about this idea of identity in Christ, it's really that we get into him more than he gets into us. Now I know why we say both. Because we live here and Jesus isn't here anymore. And so we say the life of Jesus through his resurrected power, through his Holy Spirit lives in us. But we're also in him. And because we're in him, there, is, there isn't death in the grave. There's only life. There's only the hope of knowing who Christ is. And so we're not afraid of what is to come. Because it's not the end. Because death loses its power and its sting. Because we are not lost or gone or separated from Christ. When Jesus was on the cross in our devotion we read out of the Bible app. And he died or was in the process of dying, he said things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I think that seems pretty abnormal. Everything about our physical life says, when you die, you should focus on you. And Jesus hung on the cross and focused on others. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If we're really in Jesus, we have the power to realize life doesn't revolve around me. And so when the end of my life comes, I know two things. I should reach for Jesus. And I should be give, willing to give away whatever I have to someone else. The story isn't me. The story is victory. In Jesus. Some of you might know a hymn called that. And you've sung it. 
and it can be ramped up, and it can be raucous. But do you know the truth? That there's victory in Him. Here's the last one, all right? We display the glory of God. Um, when we have identity in Christ, we display who God is. Listen to what it says in Romans 6, 10 through 11. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So my whole story is not just Jesus died so I don't have to die. My whole story isn't uh, Jesus died so I'm forgiven for sin. Here's the real story. Jesus died so we can live for the glory of God. You got things to do here, man. And it's all about the glory of God. It's all about what God is up to. God is on the move. The kingdom of God is in this world. We can be a part of it. It's changing people's lives. And it's giving the glory to God where it should be. So much of our world, especially now, with the war going on and all these things, we constantly want to focus on the negative rather than live for the glory of God. Right? So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Jesus died to break the power of sin, but he lives for the glory of God, and so it is for us. We're no longer defined or, dist or dictated to by the power of sin because it's defeated. But we come alive for God, for the glory of God. So consider yourself alive. What would that look like? What's that look like to live for God? What does that look like to live for the glory of God? And not to say, well, you know, I joined the church or I've been forgiven for sin or those kinds of things. What's your life look like to give glory to God? Your time, your family, your personal life, your work life, your friendships the people around you, the people you could serve, what does that look like to live for the glory of God? Some people spend their whole life just trying to learn there was a cross of Jesus Christ and that he forgave them. And then they try to wait for heaven. Paul said, you come to realize that Jesus died on your behalf. And now you spend the rest of your earthly life to live for the glory of God. And then you go into eternity for the glory of God. When you become known in Jesus, life changes radically forever. Not just because you're forgiven, but because of the glory of God.